This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What is legacy? What, what do you want to be remembered for? I don't care what I'm remembered for. I just I want people to continue to fight for equality for everyone, and that's it. Game time with Boomer Esiason. This week's guest is Billie Jean King. Presented by GEICO. Before she was a teen, today's guest hoped to be a Wimbledon champion and to use tennis as a platform to fight for equal rights and opportunities, as she says, for everyone. Amazingly, she captured 20 total Wimbledon titles among her 39 career Grand Slam crowns. And along the way, she's become a true hero, a sports icon, and who's had sports facilities and now even a library named after her. She's also been the subject of books, plays, and two movies. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the living legend herself, <laughs> Billie Jean King. Billie Jean, welcome Hi, to Game Boomer. Time. It's great to... Thank you for my action figure, oh, too, by the way. Oh, you're very welcome. It I appreciate joints. that. You and I have known each other for quite some yes. time. Do you remember the day that we first met and where we were? Now, I'm not trying to ambush you. because You was, are ambushing me. No, but this was a day that changed my life for whatever reason because I went into a room to meet somebody. I think it was January 28th, 2000. We were in Atlanta, you and I. I didn't know you were there, and I went backstage to go meet a friend of yours, and his name was Elton John. I know exactly. Now you remember. Yes. I walked into his green room to say hi to him because I finagled my way back there, and at that point in time, I was still somebody in the NFL. And uh, I see you sitting there, and I see him sitting there, and I'm like, I don't know which way to go. And uh, here are two legends sitting in this green room. I remember that clearly now that you've refreshed my yes, mind. Yes, and uh, I will never forget that day because I met two of the most famous people on planet Earth that day, and I walked out of there, and I was just, I was, I was floating. Oh, wow. You guys were so nice to me and just so gracious. And all these years later, you're, you're still nice to me. So you obviously like me, and I like you, and I, I respect you to the point where when you go to the USTA Tennis Center, there's your name. I and know, don't remind me. I get so embarrassed. I don't know, it's embarrassing. When I look at that, I just, the one word that just goes and on my shoulders, responsibility. Yeah, but you know what it is? It's responsibility, but it's also respect. It also comes with all the things that you have been through as an athlete, as a human being, all the people that you fought for, and where you started, where you came from. I mean, I would think walking through there, and especially this year, 
seeing Althea Gibson mm. honored and dedicated with Finally. her own beautiful statue. What did oh. that feel like for you? Oh, it's fantastic. I've been fighting for that for, I don't know, 35, 40 years. Do you ever stop fighting? No, because it's fun. It's like I like it because it's wonderful to honor other people. And it's, I have such respect for Althea Gibson. She was our Jackie Robinson of tennis. An African-American wasn't allowed to play in any tournament until, you know, white tournament anyway, right. or USLTA tournament until 1950. She was the first one to win a major, 56, won Wimbledon, 57, 58. And I also had the pleasure of getting to know her and over the years and just seeing what a great person and also a great athlete. And also uh, her book was published in 58, I think, I Always Wanted to Be Somebody. Right. And I read that book. I used to sleep with that book, and uh, I always appreciated her. When I first picked up tennis, I wanted to be number one. Yeah. So when I saw Althea at 13, I saw what number one looked like, and if you can see it, you can be it. Right. When you are the number one player and you put yourself out there and you are fighting for your kind, uh, for females to be seen as equal to men, then there's something to be said about that. I just want equality for everybody. If a guy's getting a bad deal, I'm going to go fight for him because I grew up with Randy, my brother, and who played 12 years of professional baseball. So he and I grew up playing catch, all these things. The reason we got equal prize money in 73 is because Bristol Myers paid the difference. And the total prize money, we we're I think we we're at 37.5% of what the guys were getting. Right. And I went and talked to sponsors because mm -hmm. I had to go talk to the tournament director, Billy Talbert, about it. Yes. And I just said, would all of you be willing to do it together or that? I know it's a big ask. Mm -hmm. I know it's a huge ask. But I really want equality, and I know you guys will make the difference. And Marvin Coslow and Bristol Myers said, we'll do it. What were the other players saying to you at the time? Some were unhappy, some were very happy, and but we had a nucleus of players that really made the difference. The original nine in 1970, yeah. that was the birth of women's professional tennis mm -hmm. in 1970, why players are getting what they are today. I'm just amazed that with all this going on in your life and everything else, mm -hmm. that you could actually be the number one female tennis player in the world when this is all going on. Well, it's kind of like what you did with the strike. When Back you were, in 1987. When you were number one in 87. Yeah, but we ended up having thing. a losing record that year when we finally went back to work. <laughs> I know, but you had to put you have you have to make these stands along the way, and and you just have to do it. You have to cross the line in the sand, and, and want to make a difference. I mean, I always envision the future and the future generations right. when I'm trying to usually do something. I always think of the, the vision, and then I how can I make it a reality? And it's you never do it alone. You always have to get everybody around you and try Gotta to be a leader. Out. Got to lead, got to step up um, and hear other people. Listen, listening is really important. And so those are the things that can happen. But you have to, I don't know how you can't do it. I don't know. I've well, been that way since I've been a little kid. I, I think, but I think I speak for many people that have watched you over the years and say thank you for all of those things that you, that you believe in your heart. And we're going to get to that. You know, Billie Jean King grew up in Long Beach, California, and she credits many of her values to her family. And she says, my parents definitely had grit because they had an unyielding courage in the face of hardship. You don't do anything alone. You always have champions in your life, if you right. look back over, that believed in you, whether it's a parent or whoever. And then I had Reverend Bob Richards as my minister. First the, Wheaties box ever. First Wheaties box ever. Yes. If you ever hear him, he's a, he was an amazing motivator. So inspirational to me. You are proud about how you grew up, where oh, you grew up. Long Beach is a great city. Right, and the way that your parents were. They were, they were blue-collar, they loved yeah, dad sports. dad was a firefighter, right. and my mom eventually started working with Tupperware uh, and Avon selling, and because Randy and I uh, <laughs> went through a lot of shoes and things. That yeah. was the hard part. And oh. then they had to get, remember, my parents had to get Randy to a baseball game and had to get Billy to a tournament, 
And so it took the other kids' parents, it just took a real group effort to get both of us to our mm -hmm. games, you know, so it's really, really tough. And it wasn't easy. No, and Randy's five years younger, and he and I get along unreal. I'm really tight with him. You know, it's amazing. I know that they say that you played softball, but I think you really like baseball more than well, you I love did softball, baseball, right? I, yeah. had a, I had a disheartening moment, a very heart-wrenching day when I went to Wrigley Field uh, on Mother's Day with my parents to watch uh, the Hollywood Stars versus the Los Angeles Angels, and it dawned on me that day, my heart absolutely dropped to my stomach, to the bottom of my stomach, that I could never play baseball because I'm a girl. Hmm. It killed me. It killed me all the way home. I was quiet. My mother knew something was up. Never really said much, but it about killed me. So um, I really want girls and boys to always have the dream. We've been helping, you know, the NHL with promoting with their, inclusion, the girls hockey inclusion, and, inclusion and, everything. and trying yes. to get. But yeah, because girls love hockey. I mean, girls love all these sports. We we want to have the dream, just like a guy. And guys should always have a dream. It should never depend on gender on the dream so it's really important and, and, I, and I think it's I think it's grown uh, exponentially when oh, you look at, when you look at female sports and you look at let's say the Olympics let's take a look at the men's and women's hockey teams when they wow. go travel to the Olympics or when they're in a World Cup or maybe even the girls and men's soccer team and I know there's a disparity there and we'll get to that in a little bit but you know there's something about being a part of a team that I love which makes it even more interesting because I can tell you love it too that oh, you I chose teams. tennis and tennis is an individual sport. Tennis chose sport. me in a way. Yeah, um, but you chose tennis. No, but what, what are you, okay, I'm pre-Title IX. Yes. So I go to college, work two jobs in the 60s. Go back to the 50s. What really was available for a girl? I went and looked up tennis, and I realized, ooh, get to play all over the world. Yeah. This is not just U.S. At 13, I, I thought about that, and I... I thought about my sport that everyone wore white shoes, white socks, white clothes, played with white balls, and everybody who played was basically white. Yes. And so I asked the question, where is everybody else? And that was my moment, my epiphany, when I was going to fight for equality the rest of my day. You know, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> A huge part of legend Billie Jean King traces back to her historic victory over 55-year-old hustler and former champion Bobby Riggs in what was billed as the Battle of the Sexes. That 1973 showdown was the most famous tennis match of all time at that point. According to Billie Jean, that night can be summed up by what Riggs confided to her afterwards. I underestimated you, and boy, did oh, he underestimate hysterical. you. You have no idea. My dad, with Randy and me, yeah. was like this. I mean, never, ever underestimate your opponent and always respect them, even if you don't like them. Never, ever. He was like crazed about that. Yo, here's the amazing thing so about Bobby that. Bobby jumps over the net and, whisk and tells me, I go, I can't wait to tell my dad. And there was so much pressure on you. What people don't realize, it was right in the middle of the tournament in Houston that oh, yeah, was I'd taking place. Oh, yeah, I still play a tournament. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. I don't think anybody even gave that a second thought. No, they never thought They all it. thought it was just about you and Bobby Riggs. I knew if I could win, it would help social change because we had Title IX just the year before. Mm -hmm. And Title IX, in case someone doesn't know, is the first time that if a school received federal funds, whether it's a private or public high school, university, or college, received federal funds, for the first time they had to give it equally to boys and girls. So whatever happened to Bobby Riggs when all that was over with? Oh, did Bobby, just... I stayed in touch with him forever. You until did? Until the day okay. he died. And, uh, you know, he's one of my heroes because I love history. And right, he, yeah. he won a triple crown at Wimbledon. During the World War II, he didn't, wasn't appreciated because he didn't have any tournaments, very much anyway. And so I understood this was a big deal for him from the attention he was getting. Sure. But, um, He'd be a good wide receiver in the NFL today, right? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be great looking for all that attention and yeah, everything else. Yeah, that's but true. But the pressure, but the <laughs> pressure, <laughs> right, exactly. Hint, hint, dig, uh, dig. Yeah, well, whatever, <laughs> any, time, any chance I get. So when you get ready to step on the court that night, 
is there any doubt in your mind at all as you get Always. out there? Because you don't really know. You have no idea. I've never hit against him, but on the other hand, he never hit against me either. True. Which I always go, well, he didn't hit against me. So, uh, and Margaret Court had lost to him earlier, and she was going to be number one at the end of that year. I was number one in '72 the year before, and uh, she lost really badly. And we we're only in our third year professional women's tennis tour. Right, and you were right. Like I said, you were, we're right. In the right we're right. We're right. In Houston. Oh my God, we're just going through everything. So this was really '73 was a real pivotal year because we got the. WTA started four days before Wimbledon, right. and then Margaret lost to him, and then I played Bobby. We got equal prize money at the U U.S. Open for yep. the first time, men and women, so a lot was happening in 73. Do, do any of the players today come up to you and talk to you about some of the stuff that you had to deal with mm. to create what we see today on television? Bianca. Yep. She, was, she is the one player that asks us questions. She's really special. I've, I've watched her a lot, and I've, that's about the second time I've talked to her, but I knew... Um, I knew when I first saw her, she was very special. And she's going to do stuff off the court. That's what I think. If you really listen to her, she's not an I person. She's a we person. I'm actually really glad to hear that she looked like a great champion and uh, obviously beating Serena two years in a row now. Serena's lost the U.S. Open. You know what? A 2017 movie titled Battle of the Sexes was made of her match against Bobby Riggs. Billie Jean King had only one demand. An acknowledgement of the original nine women who agreed to play for $1 in the first ever Virginia Slims tournament back in 1970, Boy. thus giving birth to women's professional tennis. And, you know, when we left, I was we were talking about Bianca Andrescu, who just yes. won the U.S. Open, and, and what an amazing accomplishment that was. She was ranked 16 going into the U.S. Open. I think she was somewhere around 150th in the middle yes. of the season this She's, year. She couldn't get in the U.S. Open. <laughs> she couldn't qualify, year. so it's just amazing, isn't no, it? And we had Osaka sure. was unbelievable. We have some good kids. We've got, like, we've got Coco Goff from the U.S., yep. Really happy. Katie McNally from the U.S. is good. So we've got four or five young girls, women, that are going to be great. It's going so, to be great for women. So I, I know that you you were brought to the, the the game of tennis through Althea Gibson. You saw a special person mm -hmm. win and become number one. Um, I'm thinking that Serena Williams has spawned so many. Oh, Serena is just transcends sports, period. Right, exactly. She's and amazing. She is amazing. So give me your like four one one on her. How do you think she carries herself? I think that she's probably done as much for this last generation or two as anybody. Um, I think she had a challenge last year against Osaka. I think she regrouped and thought about it. If you notice, she was impeccable this year. Yes. Which I think she learned from last year. There was a lot of wrong going on. Right. Uh, from her and from the, I still think the umpire could have done a better job. I know you wrote an op-ed. No, Washington I did an op-ed. No, sure. I believe because I believe in Serena. I believe in uh, people of color, especially women of color. Uh, are always criticized that they show one ounce of anger. That we've got to stop doing that. With it's, women are allowed to get angry, just like men are allowed to get angry. Especially in sports, isn't that what drives us? We're jocks, baby. We're out there. Let's go. But isn't that what drives us? Yes, we're emotional. I want to beat you just yes. as much as you want to beat me. I want to be and the best, emotion. man. I want to be the best. But, but who is crit I don't know who's criticizing. I mean, as a, as somebody who does this for a living and watches sports and talks about sports, the only thing I could ever criticize is if somebody crosses the line. You know, maybe she crossed the line last year with Naomi Osaka. She knows she, listen, everyone agrees that she, he was wrong, she was wrong, the umpire was wrong, yeah. she was wrong. It's like start over. She didn't hear the warning, the soft warning. Yeah. So she couldn't believe he's, <laughs> she's losing a point. And then she thought he was calling her a cheater. Yeah. I mean, she can't take that. All right, that. so that's my next point. She can't and stand that. That's, no, you, nobody likes that. Nobody that wants is to hear the, that. And she and Venus are both that way. Do not ever. And Venus had trouble with that same umpire, well, by the way, at the French. So it's like, oh, my God, it's just built. And then 
Serena had bad luck on the on the at the open on right. different occasions. Sure. With foot faulting, it hasn't been her best uh, venue. Yeah, but she still makes it to the final. So I mean, yeah, I don't want to take anything if, away. Yeah, but you got to ask. Serena's got to ask herself some really hard questions. Well, and she also gave do birth I want to stay in this? Too, right? Olympia so cute. I know. Finally she got is. to see her. Finally, and she in can stay room. in it. She can stay in it. She's still great. No, I don't I care what anybody says. I want to know what she wants. What do you want? Do you want to? Do you want to win these next two Grand Slams? to beat Margaret Courts or not, what do you want? And I think she needs to go and sit down, watch that final tape yeah. by herself, nobody else around a couple of times, watch it, ask yourself, what do you really want for next year and the following year? I, what could, see, do you I, want? I could see she was getting frustrated because we know as athletes. No, she needs to get more fit. She needs to pay the price. She did play more more matches, which is she needed to do. Yep. And she agreed. She said, I'm glad I did play those extra matches. That's why she got to the finals. Right. So it's like you got to ask yourself because you're when you get older, you, as you, I mean, we all know as athletes, you've got to ask yourself very hard questions. Am I willing to pay the price to give myself an opportunity to win? And it's paying the price, that daily, daily discipline that's so hard. You wake up, you charge up your battery mm -hmm. every day. You've got to have fire in the belly. Yeah. You've got to have fire in the belly every day. You can't have it two days out of seven. It's every single day. And are you willing to do that for another year, two years? If you're not, it's okay, too. You know what? I'm glad you came with fire in your belly today for this interview. I love it. Billie Jean King has said part of leaving a worthy legacy is recognizing your role as just another link in the chain of life. Each of us has the ability to lift the next generation up to be a positive role model and help young people pick up where we are leaving off. What is legacy? What, what do you want to be remembered for? I don't care what I'm remembered for. I just I want people to continue the fight for equality for everyone. And that's it. And, and by gender and by color and by race, whatever, and abilities. I, I just think it's the right thing to do. And Coretta Scott King talks about that freedom is never really won, mm -hmm. that you every generation has to earn it and win it right. each time. Otherwise, it starts to go backwards really quickly. So we need every generation to step up. You know, and, and I mean, 70, the, the younger ones. The to younger step ones up. to step up yeah. now. You said in '73 that it was about equal pay for women and equality for everyone. And you always say everyone. I do because you never know. Right, I mean, you just never know who the person know. you might be fighting right. for. Mm -hmm. uh, the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team is in a fight. The for challenge, equal pay. the challenge with all these things with women's yes. sports right now, is when you have World Cups and you have these once every four, the Olympics, all that. That's really wonderful because it focuses. But it doesn't give you a lot of leverage. It only gives you leverage once every four years. Right. And you're only talking about like 20 to 25 people. Right. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about leagues, the soccer league. I want it to do well. But then for this victory um, tour. tour, they're missing some games. I don't like that. I think it's bad. I want the best players playing in that National Women's Soccer League every day. Right. So they're missing because of this victory tour because in their contract they have to. I don't like it. I think what you what really makes a difference is having a league for a lot of people, not for 25. You know, it'd be great for like every four years. It's what you can get. You want a lot of kids to want to play right. soccer and be able to play professional soccer. It's it's being able to make a living. Okay, here's the three things quickly mm -hmm. that we did in 1970 with okay. the original nine, and this matters now. Okay. Okay. Number one, any girl born in the world would have a place to compete if right. she's good enough, if she's good enough to make the pros. Number two, that she'd be appreciated for accomplishments, not only her looks. Mm -hmm. Number three, to be able to make a living. And that's what I want. And I don't want it for 25 women. I want it for hundreds of women. And one other part of your legacy, they're going to name the library after you out in Long Beach. Oh, wow. That's it's the main library uh, downtown. 
But libraries today are not the same as they were when I was a kid, and it's just amazing now. It's a safe place. They learn. There's such learning opportunity, and learning's everything. Yep. Keep learning and keep learning how to learn yep. is really important. And so, so is library, history. Libraries are, are, anyway, this main library in Long Beach, I'm really overwhelmed, but well, 10,000 people we're supposed to have. I have to tell you something. Congratulations. Nobody deserves it more than you do for all you've done. And I know you used to sleep with your racket. Yes. Isn't that right? Yeah, my racket and books. I'm going to sleep with my oh, Billie Jean King great. action figure. All right. Yeah, baby. Thanks <laughs> to the great Billie Jean King for joining us today and to all of you for watching. I'm Boomer Esiason. and I'll see you again right here on Game Time. All right. Thanks, man. That great was awesome. You. Thank you. My dad, with Randy and me, yeah. was like this. I mean, never, ever underestimate your opponent and always respect them, even if you don't like them. Never, ever. He was like crazed about that. Yo, here's the amazing thing so about Bobby that. Bobby jumps over the net and, and tells me, I go, I can't wait to tell my dad. <laughs>